Thanks for listening to this episode of the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. Don't forget, we're on Twitter. I'm at Grant underscore Covey. Sam is at Sam underscore Thillman. And uh, you can find us on our new Twitter account, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. Uh, We did have an account uh, about two months ago. It got taken down. That was partially my fault, but we won't get into that right now. But you can follow us there, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. We're posting uh, all the time and keep the conversation going there. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into it. Sports Talk podcast as we continue to crank out the content here. Going one podcast a week right now as um, kind of things slow down a little bit, if you will, in in terms of the sports front. Uh, The NFL draft is in our rearview mirror. Uh, and we're getting ready for what's hopefully the return of live sporting events. What sports will return is still yet uh, to be determined, quite honestly. Uh, You have NASCAR and IndyCar eyeing a return, Uh, golf looking to come back as well. So uh, you have a few sport leagues from around the world that are starting back up as other countries um, have gotten past their peak and, and are starting their reopening process in their country. But the United States, not quite there yet, but plans are in place uh, to do that. I'm Grant Kobe, joined uh, by my co-host Sam Thillman as usual. Sam, uh, how, how are we doing today on this Cinco de Mayo today we're recording this too? Uh, great. We're, we are both done with school. So just chilling, working at Kroger and whatnot. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good day. It has. Have you watched any of the last dance documentary? I, I've watched two, the first two episodes so far. And your first initial reactions? Um, they did. I know that everybody doesn't like the GM. I thought they did the Jerry Cross a little dirty on the angles and they just picture him as an overall, like, kind of bad guy so far. Yeah, they have. I mean, they they've made they've made a bad guy known, um, and uh, it, it's interesting. Um, to, that's the way they did it. Uh, I've been listening to a few interviews. Shaq was like, "There's no way that Krause did this. It was all on the owner." Uh, I think it was probably a little bit of both. Uh, the owner didn't want to pay. And I think Kraus wanted to prove that he could um, build it again and that he could do it with different players and, and things like that. Uh, but Jerry Kraus, I mean, he might, you know, go down as one of the best general managers, uh, not just in NBA, but in professional sport history, just because of the, the simple fact of the team that he assembled. I mean, really, when, when you look at it, and that, that's one thing I realized, when when watching this documentary is obviously we weren't alive and around to to watch this last dance and so we didn't get to to witness the the greatness that it was and and the closest thing we have to that is is the golden state warriors but one thing that i noticed was i mean jerry kraus and in in the scouting department with chicago had a did a phenomenal job of finding players uh, to bring in. I mean, you think of Scotty Pippen, a guy out of central Arkansas who really, I mean, his name, you know, he, he was out there and he, he improved as his collegiate career went on, but to, to find a guy and to know a guy that that's going to be that successful, I thought was, was, uh, he did a very good job with that. I mean, bringing Dennis Rodman in and all the things and, and 
quite honestly, I don't think that that kind of team would work in today's world just because of the simple fact of social media and the internet. And yes, the internet was, was coming on at, at that time. And uh, the, we were getting more uh, accessibility to things at that time. But I think, you know, with the modern age of Twitter and um, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, you take the personality of Dennis Rodman and the personality of Michael Jordan, and those are two polar opposites. I mean, Michael Jordan just wanted to be in the gym 24-7. If he wasn't in the gym, he was, you know, at home watching film or, or whatever. Uh, whereas Dennis Rodman would, would show up and he would do his work and, and he would do practice and, and, and he would be ready for games. But necessarily basketball maybe wasn't his entire life like it was for Michael Jordan. So I think with those kind of personalities, Sam, I don't think that it would work in, in today's world. And we've seen with the Golden State Warriors, it, it did work, but just for a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think it was mentioned several times for the first episodes that Michael Jordan didn't really have a really great relationship with the front office along with Scottie Pippen. So I don't I think he may have gone may have requested a trade potentially with social media. He would have voiced his opinion more. I just I agree with you that I don't think this Bulls dynasty would have worked in today's era. I think, you know, with the whole uh, you haven't got to the part, Sam, so I won't spoil it necessarily for you, but the whole thing when Rodman went to Vegas for 48 hours right in the middle of the season, that whole thing, I mean, when you get to that part in the in the series, Sam, it gets really good. And I'm, I'm all the way through episode six, and we're not going to spoil it for people on here because I know there's there's people uh, that maybe haven't watched yet that are that are waiting or, or or finding time to do it here and there. But I'm all caught up through episode six, and it is absolutely phenomenal. I think just watching the the rivalries that the Bulls created and and different things like that, and and just to how the style of basketball was played in the '90s compared to how it is today. I mean, you think. Uh, it's been what 23 years since that uh michael jordan bulls team of 97 98 so it's it's definitely interesting and and basketball has taken a a major turn and that's another thing that i've noticed when watching yeah and i i think it's kind of interesting to see these um just see how the 90s were because obviously we weren't alive then we uh, the pacers that we know now wasn't the pacers of the 80s and the 90s so i think just seeing all these teams and how physical it was because there was pushing there was shoving there's a lot more physicality to it is a different experience than what both me and you have with the current nba yeah it was and uh i think it's going to be fun to to continue to watch these next four episodes of The Last Dance, uh, the 10-part documentary featuring uh, the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls and, and that kind of last dance with the team and the last time. Um, and then and, and it gets up to, to them winning the championship as well. But it's interesting. If you haven't watched it, definitely give it, give it a watch. Uh, it airs every Sunday night at 9 uh, with two episodes every Sunday night at 9 p.m. on ESPN uh, two, I believe, is is where it's airing. Or I think it's air, also airing on ESPN. I mean, I think ESPN is broadcasting like all their channels because they have nothing else to show. So if you find ESPN, I'm sure you'll you'll see it on there somewhere. But 
Uh, nevertheless, a great documentary, and uh, we'll continue to watch and, and continue to talk about it here. Hopefully, Sam, you can get caught up here uh, soon so we can talk about the, the most latest episodes. Uh, the other documentary that I've been meaning to get to, or not really a documentary, it's an E60 on Alex Smith and his and his broken leg. Sam, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it's about Alex Smith and his road to recovery. I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch as well. I did watch it. In fact, I think it came out, I think it was last Friday. I was watching it with my parents. I, I found myself getting a new whole uh, perspective on Alex Smith, a whole new respect for what he's gone through, for what teams have put him in. Yeah, I, I it's definitely a great watch if you haven't watched it already, and I definitely recommend it for anybody. I'm going to hopefully get to it here in the next couple of days, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be, to be a, a good watch as well. So ESPN getting creative with the stuff they're they're putting out i'm I'm just on their website right now and uh scrolling through they're actually streaming you know the korean baseball league so definitely desperate for content but who isn't these days so uh moving on here a little bit getting into some football uh quite a few transactions have taken place uh over the last week uh since kind of the the wrap-up of the draft and and slowing down and now um getting into some late free agent signings teams, patching some holes that maybe they didn't get in the draft and and looking forward uh, to what is hopefully um, an in-person training camp in July. They continue the virtual off season, but uh, the Colts declining Malik hookers fifth year option. Uh, Sam, your takeaway uh, from the Colts doing this and kind of getting rid of a defensive player where, you're kind of I I'm I was kind of surprised to see they did that just because you're trying to bolster that defense up a little bit this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The option would have been for nine million dollars. That is a lot cheaper than several other safeties what they're earning. And I think with the Julian Blackman, I think he was a third round pick for the Colts. They saw him as a cheaper alternative. So instead of paying Malik Hooker nine million dollars, they could go for a cheaper, just as good option. They see Julian Blackman is on a rookie contract, and I think that's what it comes down to. You're trying to just save as much cap space as possible, and I think that's what they did with declining Hooker's option. Hooker was the 15th overall pick in uh, 2017 and uh, was the last player of that draft class to hear whether his option would be picked up. Uh, Christian McCaffrey of that draft class, obviously he was extended. He got absolutely paid. Um, and Taco Charlton, another player of that draft class, was released. Uh, so he'll be a free agent um, at the end of the 2020 season instead of making about $7 million during the 2021 season had the Colts picked up the option. So he's still with the Colts um, for this year. So Colts fans don't have to panic yet. He, he still will be with the Colts this year. Um, but he will not be returning in 2021. So yeah, like you said, Sam, saving some cap space and, uh, and hopefully in this, in, you know, the next year you, you draft or you, you, you pick up a free agent uh, to replace him. So uh, the Colts releasing him are not releasing him, but declining the fifth year option. So he's still got one more year uh, with the Colts. The other big move, the Cowboys picking up the red rifle. Andy Dalton um, was released by the Bengals, obviously, uh, what was that, last week. And then the Dallas Cowboys scooping him up. Now, Sam, there's been a lot of debate 
you know, does Dak Pre- is Dak Prescott out of a job? You know, whatever. He's not. I mean, Dak Prescott's the starting quarterback. I, I don't think uh, that's an issue there. Obviously, he wants paid, and I think Jerry Jones should just man up and just pay him. You've paid everyone else to this point. Just pay him as well and get it over with. But uh, Andy Dalton goes down to Dallas. He's already got a home there. Um, and quite honestly, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you've got a good quality backup quarterback. If Dak Prescott goes down week 15 uh, and you're in the playoff race, hopefully winning the division, uh, Andy Dalton can go in there and win you a game, um, keep you afloat for the playoffs, and then get you in the playoffs, and who knows what can happen after there. But a high-quality backup for the Dallas Cowboys in Andy Dalton. Yeah, I, I think Andy Dalton's a solid option for the Cowboys because let's say they don't want to play, pay Dak Prescott $40 million. They can say, hey – we have a nice amount of weapons with Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, and Jarwin. You have a nice, solid, veteran, not amazing veteran in Andy Dalton who can give you a nice 8, 9, 10 wins. So that just decreases the amount of leverage Dak Prescott ultimately has for his contract. You say Jerry Jones is like, hey, we have a nice option in Andy Dalton. If you don't want to play for us, I'll take a cheaper $5 million less a year deal then hey we're just going to go ahead and without you and i think it's smart for the cowboys i think that that prescott will sign a a one-year deal um he wants a long-term contract but i think it'll be a one-year deal right around 30 31 million um they'll get through this year and then they can talk do those long-term discussions but like we we talked about all last season this was dak prescott's um money to be made it was his job to lose not his job to lose but his money to lose essentially uh and he didn't really get the job done and when you lose and you don't make the playoffs those uh that goes on the quarterback it doesn't go on the offensive line it doesn't go on the receivers it doesn't go on the running back it goes on the quarterback and the coach well the coach is now out you got a new coach so i I don't think there's really any any excuse for dak prescott and another thing too um is does Mike McCarthy really want Dak Prescott in there I don't know um we don't know how that's going to work and I think the Cowboys you know if we can give them one year and pay him 30 million and if Mike McCarthy comes back and says hey I don't really like Dak Prescott in in my coaching style in my offense then the Cowboys just release him and they find somebody else uh but I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, you know, if the Cowboys are kind of waiting to see if Mike McCarthy likes Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I think Mike McCarthy, even if he didn't see Dak Prescott as his like quarterback that he wants, it's still a better option than Andy Dalton at, at the end of the day. Maybe it's not the best fit in his offense uh, that he used to run in Green Bay. But I see Dak Prescott as a much better option than Andy Dalton moving forward. Now, he could, he could like you said, sign him to a one-year deal. And they could draft somebody in the or sign a uh, free agent in 2021, whoever that may be, and have Mike McCarthy's kind of quarterback that he likes. But I think they're kind of stuck with Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott for at least this year. Oh, yeah, they're definitely stuck for him for at least this year, but uh, we'll, we'll see what they do after this year. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, so with the conclusion of the 2020 draft, that obviously means uh, it's time for 2021 mock drafts, and we've definitely seen those 
Trevor Lawrence up there um, in that draft cl- uh, class as well, uh, assuming to be the top pick along um, with a few other good players from fantastic programs uh, like uh, Jalen Hurts. So, or not Jalen Hurts, but Justin Fields. Uh, I get those two confused for whatever reason. Uh, Justin Fields out of Ohio State and Trevor Lawrence expected to come out next year. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, the presumptive number one overall pick. Now, we, we said that about Tua this time last year. So uh, will it change um, and become a different quarterback that we're not expecting? Probably. And will Trevor Lawrence fall? Maybe. But again, Trevor Lawrence looking like the favorite right now to be the number one overall pick next season. Uh, Clemson with another good shot. I, I kind of think they'll get they'll get another title there before Trevor Lawrence leaves and he'll win two in three years and go to three uh, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be right two in three years and three straight uh, yeah, I believe titles? yeah three straight college yeah. football playoff yeah. with Trevor Lawrence at the helm so um, he's looking to be the number one overall pick for next season Sam if I gave you um, a handful of teams here let's go with Oh, I don't know. The Jaguars, the, uh, uh, let's see, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Raiders, or the Redskins. What of which of those teams will tank to get Trevor? Well, I, I can eliminate the Redskins right off the bat because they already have Dwayne Haskins. Unless they're already just done with him, I don't see that happening. I could see the potential of the Jaguars. You have Garner Minshew, but he, he he's sort of shaky at this point. We don't really know what to make of him, whether he's a franchise guy or not. He's at least going to be the starter this year, so... The Jaguars could be a potential. And then the Panthers have uh, Teddy Bridgewater locked for a nice long-term contract. So I don't think they'll go after him. And then you said Raiders, right? Yeah. I, I see the Raiders as probably the best option. You've got Derek Carr who's aging. John Gruden likes his quarterbacks. You have Josh Jacobs, a nice young veteran, nice young running back who needs a, a solid quarterback alongside him. I think the Raiders could potentially tank for him. It'll be interesting because one team will and uh, uh, one or two teams will try to tank to get Trevor. Um, and um, it'll be fun to see who that is. Uh, the NFL schedule is supposed to re- be released what, on Thursday, Sam. So on Thursday, the NFL is supposed to release some sort of schedule um, for this upcoming season. And at 8 p.m., they will announce the schedule. Um, it will not include international games due to coronavirus, obviously. There were two games planned to be played at Wembley Stadium and one at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, and then one in, in Mexico City, uh, like we saw last year. So those will not go international. The uh, league spokesperson, according to ESPN, confirmed last week that the full 17-game schedule will be released, including a September 10th opener and the Super Bowl commencing on February 7th. Um, And the league has been looking at uh, 
alternate schedule plans should they need to push the start of the season back. So they're currently looking at can players come back to the facilities. Um, the buildings are, are closed right now. Um, the NFLPA, they've agreed to keep buildings closed until every state uh, that every state that has a stay-at-home order lifts it. Um, and then teams can start uh, thinking about opening up those team facilities. And, uh, but right now they're, they're doing a virtual off season. Uh, so your take on this, Sam, I mean, the NFL has kind of been full steam ahead. They've kind of said, well, we're not really going to slow down because of this. We're just going to keep doing what we would normally do. Do you like this move by the NFL to go ahead and release it? Or do you think it's premature? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's premature. I think, I think what they're doing is giving us some sort of outline, what they project the season to start by. And things can change. We don't know what this situation is going to look like going into September. So I think the NFL is just getting a step ahead, just releasing. As of right now, this is what we are planning on doing. And I, I, I like the move to see who the Colts opponents are when they're projected to play. But I, I don't think it's premature. I think it's just a nice plan to see what the NFL projects for the future. Well, I agree with you. And I think it gives us a sense of normalcy, right? I mean, uh, it gives us a sense of, oh, okay, well, the NFL released their schedule. So, okay, maybe we can get back on track here. And by September 10th, we can be, we can be rolling. And, and I think that's a real possibility. Fans might not be there or it might be limited uh, a limited number of fans, but you, you have a sense of normalcy with the NFL releasing its schedule. Now, uh, I don't know if they'll release any uh, alternate plans in the coming weeks. I could see them doing that. I could also see them not. But, yeah, full 17-game schedule. Uh, obviously, with the uh, in a new NFL uh, collective bargaining agreement, they'll play 17 games this year. Um, and the Super Bowl being on February seventh, so it, it should be it should be fun. You know, the schedule release is is something that uh, we look forward to every year, um, and uh, something that we uh, we like to to discuss because I think the Colts are going to have a really good chance to be really successful this season, especially with the AFC South. I don't think the Texans are going to be very good. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be very good. So it's between us and the Titans probably. Um, and I think it, it's going to be fun to see the schedule and, and see those non, uh, non-conference, non-division opponents pop up. And hopefully we can get some not easy games, but winnable games, I think. Uh, and I, I think that'll be fun to watch uh, coming up. So, uh, we do know the Packers, I think the Colts play the NFC North this season. So I think we will uh, host the Packers, I believe, and maybe the Bears. I'm not sure, but I, I believe we play the NFC North uh, this upcoming season. Uh, but I'm not sure of the AFC division, like uh, we'll play an AFC division as well. I'm not sure of that. So we'll have to keep an eye out and it comes out Thursday. So I'm sure on next week's pod, we will cover that as well. Um Today, uh, Frank Gore signed a one-year deal with the Jets. Apparently, his legs are still attached to his body. Um, Frank Gore, the seasoned veteran, he turns 37 ne- uh, in a couple in a couple weeks on May 14th. 
He's the third uh, leading rusher in NFL history. And uh, he'll be reunited with Adam Gase, who coached Gore with Miami in 2018. Um, and also they were together in 2008 in San Francisco when Gase was an assistant on that coaching staff. So, Sam, I mean, Frank Gore's still hanging in there. I mean, yeah, considering a lot of players are retiring early these days, it's nice to see a really seasoned veteran just continue. He, he keeps on doing uh, – keeps on – Working each season, it just seems like he wants to keep doing it, and all all for it. If he wants to keep going till his sixties, like Tom Brady, then why not? You know, it doesn't hurt anybody, and he's just gonna be a nice veteran presence in that locker room. Yep, for sure. And uh, he's a third leading rusher. I'm sure he wants to, to to bolster his stats a little bit more. So why not? All right, Sam, you got anything else before we head out this evening? Um, just um, did you create another Twitter account? I have not done that yet. Uh, I know I need to. So if you're used to following us, uh, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter, that account has been removed by Twitter because I'm an idiot <laughs> and tried to do something that you're not allowed to do, and they took it down. Not Nothing illegal, but um, I tried to set a birthday for it and, and set a birthday for too, too young to have Twitter. So it's a whole thing. I'm going to create a new account, and uh, it's going to be fun. So – if you get on Twitter, look for a straight up sports talk on Twitter. Hopefully I'll get that done tonight or tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I got nothing else for you today. I'm going to get some Qdoba, I think, for Taco Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo. So you don't get much of a better crossover there between, you know, Taco Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo. So looking forward to that later. All right, Sam, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, I'm sure we'll find something to talk about on next week's podcast.